just recently, I was at a client's house helping her with some decisions as she's remodeling her kitchen. And I noticed something very surprising. It caught my eye and it made me smile. And that was she painted her banister. She painted it a fun peachy orange color. And it was one of those things that caught me by surprise in a very good way. Because not too long ago, she was sitting in indecision with using color. She felt like color was not a fun way to represent an adult style. It was too juvenile. And we had that conversation even on the air. So if you missed that design breakthrough with Kelly in episode nine, go back and take a listen because her mindset was, if I'm an adult, I should have a sophisticated look and sophisticated means beige and brown. For her, that also meant boring. And for some of you, it doesn't. Some of you, it means cohesive and lovely. But for her, it meant not her. It meant not her style. It kept her stuck. And we got through the breakthrough and then seeing, I don't know how many months later, her orange banister. How wonderful to see a risk that was taken in a way that was meaningful to her. Not everyone, of course, can pull off an orange banister. Not everyone would want to even try. But it got me thinking, and it got our conversation stirring a little bit more about taking risks in home design. And I commented too about some of the art that she had on her walls. And if you've been hanging around me for a while, you know that I think hanging your kiddo art is a really, really good thing. Of course, there are some that we don't want to hang, you know, some of the construction paper artwork that comes home with the simple little drawing that can go to the recycle. (laughs) But you know the kind, right? For several years, I was an art docent in all of my boys' classrooms. And my goal as the art docent honestly wasn't to necessarily teach them about Van Gogh. It wasn't to teach them about Monet. It wasn't to teach them about some of the greats. It was to create art that their parents would want to hang on the walls. That was my goal. (laughs) And some of that art was a little bit crafty, but I loved that. I love getting art that you want to hang on the wall from your kids. And you should hang it on the wall because we know how the calendar works. We know that today, those handprints, those busy schedules, they're filling our days completely. And some of the art that comes home, sure, it might not be our style. It might not be what we want to have hanging up there, but it's theirs. And you know, if you've been hanging around me for a while, that I am a big fan of hanging kid artwork on the wall. If you walked into my home, you would see it prominently on the bookshelves. You would see it in the kitchen. You would see it upstairs in the hallway. You would see you would see it upstairs in our guest bedroom, and you would see it, of course, in their own rooms, but you would also see it tucked away in my office as a canvas, literally, ready to transform in order to make something a little bit more unique. You would see it all over my home. And I want to encourage you, actually, we're going to, I'm skipping ahead in today's episode, we are going to be talking about taking risks in home design. And one of them, hint, hint, is using art and maybe even kiddo art. So I got off track a little bit, but what I want you to know is this, your home's are a reflection of you. You hear me say that so much, but it's really true. Walking into my client's home and seeing that orange banister, that is her. 
that beige couch and that beige wall and that beige curtain was not. But that orange banister is. So your assignment this weekend is to look around, to look around your home and to see, is this really me? Is it? Does my home really, the choices I'm making and bringing to my home, do those bring me joy? Do they reflect me? That's your homework for the weekend. And we're going to play a little game as we get started in the episode. And I'm going to give you a few ideas for how you can take risks in home design without breaking the bank and without tearing down a wall or painting it. So stick around. You're going to want to hear how you can bring more personality into your home by taking a few more risks this weekend. All right. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted, and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style. Where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. When I taught first grade, we often played word association games. I would come up with a word and I would have them think about whatever word they could think of first in a given category. So for example, if I had the category of opposites and I gave them the word dog, what's coming to your mind? Probably cat, right? And that came to theirs. If we were doing our science unit of study about habitats and I gave them the word rainforest, they might have an association of anything that would go in a rainforest. The animals, the plants, the understory, you get the idea. Okay, those are the parameters for the game we're going to play. Bear with me for a minute (laughs) and let's have some fun. So I want you to think about this category. And of course, it is completely vague and there's no right or wrong answer. So you are off the hook if you think of something crazy town. (laughs) Okay, the category is personality. Got it? If I give you this home decor word, I want you to think about the personality. Are you ready? Doily. Do you know what a doily is? What personality would you pick with a doily? Yellow front door. What personality do you think would go with a yellow front door? Wicker furniture. Rattan lampshade. Fuchsia couch, leopard skin rug, glass coffee table, live edge table. Okay, are you getting the idea here? You are able to probably come up with an idea of what type of personality someone might have if they own a yellow door, right? You might think that they're fun and playful and vibrant. Maybe they are teachers. Maybe they are kids at heart or the life of the party. Maybe they are the type of people who are constantly bubbly or they look on the bright side of things. They see the glasses half full rather than half empty. 
And if I asked you to think about the type of personality someone might have if they have a doily in their home, you might immediately gravitate towards someone who is a little bit more traditional. Maybe they are sentimental. Maybe they grew up in a different era. Or they are very crafty and it's a handmade thing. You can see how some of these items, just by the very nature, might bring about different images of the person who owns it. Maybe the person who has the doily wouldn't be the person who has the yellow front door, and vice versa. This is the idea about reading your home. Your home is saying something already, and of course it is open to interpretation. Everyone has their own idea of what yellow door means to them, or what doily means to them, or a rattan lampshade. Everyone is coming up with their own idea of who might be behind that fuchsia couch. But the idea here is that these items and the things that you're bringing into your home say something about the people living there. And what do you want it to say? It is a reflection of you. And how do you want that to be reflected to the people coming into the door? Does it reflect you in the way that really tells the story of who you are and who your family is? So if ever you're feeling like something feels a little bit off in your home, or you're wanting to bring a little bit of change, and you're not entirely sure if it's a good choice or not, I want you to think about the personality test. In fact, this weekend, here's your assignment. I alluded to it earlier in the intro, but your assignment this weekend is to start in one room of your home, and I want you to think about, does this look like me? Does this feel like me? Just like Kelly did with her beige living room, her white neutral living room that didn't feel right. She had a feeling when she approached me last spring and summer, she had a feeling that this wasn't quite right and she wanted to change about it. She wanted to play with color and she wanted the almost like the permission to allow it into her space. So sisters, if you are looking for permission today, guess what? You have it. Play, have fun. Let the things that you bring into your home be a reflection of you. Let them be. Let the people who walk into your door say, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is so you. It's so incredibly you. Let them say that. And whatever you is, if it is you in the doily, if it is you with the fuchsia couch, if it is you with the leopard print rug, let it be. Let it be because it is you and your homes should bring you joy. Your homes should be a delight to you. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, that is all well and good, but you know what? Some of those changes that could be more a reflection of me feel risky. They feel like a big commitment to make. And I don't know about a big commitment. I don't know about putting in the work that might require making some of those risky choices. So that's what we're talking about today. I am going to give you five ways you can take a risk in your home without spending a lot of money or without doing a whole lot of work and definitely not by tearing down walls or even painting them. What? (laughs) Someone who says paint, 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 paint. I'm going to say don't paint. Yeah, I have some ideas for you for ways that you can shake it up a little bit that might be a risk for you that don't cost a lot 
or require a whole lot of work. So what are they? Let's get started. The first thing that you can do that doesn't cost a penny, you are so welcome, by the way. (laughs) And the reason I start with this one is because I know you guys are here because you want to learn how to decorate on a budget. I get that. I was there too all those years ago. I did not have a whole lot of money to spend on home decorating, but I got so tired of looking at the same four walls. So tired that I went to the garage, grabbed the used paint, the leftover paint, and striped the walls during baby's nap time. That's how I started. Do you remember that story? So we are starting, yes, with an option to take a risk without spending a single thing. Now, I can't guarantee that there's not work involved because chances are if you do this one thing, you're going to need to get the broom out and you're going to need to get the vacuum out. (laughs) I know what lives under that furniture. I know that some dust bunnies live under there, some crumbs that you didn't think existed. I know that that earring that you lost long ago, you might find that if you move your furniture. That is the very first thing. Rearrange your furniture. Now, I do want you to ask yourself this question. How long ago did you move into your home and where was the furniture when you first moved in? And if you are thinking, oh, you know what? That furniture is exactly where I left it the day I moved in and it's been 10 years. Okay. Yep. If that's you, try that. That might feel risky enough for you to move the furniture. Yesterday, I went over to a client's house and we played with furniture And I borrowed some dining room chairs from her dining room, of course, and brought them into the living room. These are upholstered, slim slipper chairs, and they're adorable. And I put them, uh, I moved the couch up a little closer to the TV because it was sitting pretty far back. And I put the dining room chairs just as a placeholder to see what it would look like on the opposite side of this sectional. And guess what? It changed the whole room. It provided an opportunity for a cozy seating area instead of a room that felt like a cavern. And this is something that you can do in your own home. You might not borrow dining room chairs permanently, but you can borrow them to be a placeholder to see if this is something that you actually like. You might take the sectional apart and put the left-facing sofa on the right or the right on the left. Some of those sofas that you have have that option. Did you know that? (laughs) Not all do, but that could be an option. Take it apart and put it back together in a different way. Remove it from the wall. Get it off of the wall. In fact, one of the most common things that I see is that a lot of times people place their furniture right up against their wall instead of having it sit a little bit off. This allows opportunity for curtains to close. It allows opportunity for you to walk around in a different way. It allows space and breathing room, and it makes the room feel a little bit more cozy. Or it can, depending on your layout, depending on the way that your furniture is shaped. Give it a try. Pull it off the wall. Rearrange it a little bit. Borrow from one room into the other. Not too long ago in my own dining room, I had a dining room rug that I wanted to see what it would look like in the library. The library sits right next to it, but it took a little bit of work. I had to move my ginormous heavy table and all of the chairs and the bench that went around it, and I had to grab the rug, of course, do a little cleaning here and there, and then take out the furniture from the library and 
put the rug in place. And I loved it. It transformed the space just by moving the rug. The rug that was living in the library was tired. It was done. It had done its job for about 10 years. And being a white shag rug in a home, you know, that is almost like a zoo, it feels like. (laughs) Three boys, a dog, and two cats. The white shag rug, even though it was washable, was time to retire. Time to find another home somewhere else. And I replaced it with the one in the dining room. It took a little bit of work, but it transformed the room and it made it feel a little bit more open. It made the feet that are on this really fun table that I have pop. It made the room feel a little bit more spacious and inviting. And it made it feel, if you can believe this, a little bit more open and airy. Even though the, the rug before was white, it made it feel a little bit more open and airy. So that's a transformation that it was an, that was an easy one to make on an afternoon. It didn't even take out an hour, probably, but it was something that transformed the space. It was a risk worth taking just by moving the furniture. So what furniture can you move this weekend? What furniture can you borrow from one room to place in another? I want to see, and I want you to pop into the Facebook group and share the picture. I want to remind you too that not too long ago, I did an episode about shopping the house and why you could do that and how that can be super transformational. And that's exactly what this is. Moving the furniture, rearranging the furniture, but also shopping the house. And that can bring big rewards by taking the little risks. So I will link that Um, that podcast episode. I can't remember which number it was, but it wasn't too long ago. I'll link that in the show notes. So be sure to listen to that one too for tips how to shop the house. Okay. The second way that you can take a risk in your home decorating this weekend without spending a single dime, I want you to think about big picture real estate here. Now I don't mean buying a new house, buying a new piece of land. What I mean is real estate within your home. What takes up big chunks of space. Now I know tables do, I know couches do, and we've already talked about rearranging those. But beyond that, what about your bookshelves? Your bookshelves, if you have them, are a big piece of real estate within your home. They take up a lot of floor space. You might only have one, you might have two, you might have a whole wall of them, and you might not have any at all. But if you have any, these are great opportunities for taking risk. And I want you to ask yourself how you've decorated it. And maybe decorating isn't even the right word. How you have put books on them, how you have used those and utilized those for storage, for book holders. What does it look like? One thing that I say a lot is that most people have books, most people have bookshelves, and most people have personalities. Really, truly, most people have all three of these things. And so if you work collaboratively to combine these three things, you are going to be uh, using a prime piece of real estate within your home to showcase your personality, to showcase your style. So right now, go to that bookshelf and I want you to see how you have placed the books on it. Have you already styled it? Fantastic. Great job. Have you just thrown the books on there and some of them are hanging on willy-nilly and some of them are crammed so full you couldn't find a thing, let alone 
put a plant on there. (laughs) If that's you, this could be an opportunity for really showcasing your, your personality and your style on your bookcase. So how do you do that? First, start by removing everything. Truly, start by removing it all, getting rid of anything that you might not need, and then take a peek at it. Now, I did say I'm not going to mention paint, but I am going to say here, could you paint the back of the book, the bookshelves? Could you put wallpaper on the back of the shelves and add a punch of color or a, um, a touch of whimsy? Yeah, that is such a fun way to make bookshelves, especially the ones that look a little bit generic. You can think about like the Ikea Billy bookcase, make any of those generic pieces of furniture look a little bit more unique to you, look a little bit more in line with your style and personality. So you can start there. Being really mindful of what you place back on the bookshelf and how you place it is going to be the next step. So think about this ratio. If you have a lot of books, you can think about six to one, six books to one tchotchke. Tchotchkes can be anything like plants, candles, vases, picture frames, baskets, you name it. Think about that. If you don't have very many books, maybe your ratio goes down a little bit. Maybe it is four to one. But I would encourage you to have some books represented whether or not you have a large collection. I would encourage you to have some books represented if only to add height and a little bit of texture and depth to this landscape that you're that you're decorating. And maybe the problem isn't that you have too few books. Maybe you have so many books. And in this case, maybe your ratio goes up. Maybe it's eight books to one, 10 books to one. But having some other things on your bookshelves other than books creates an opportunity for telling a little bit more of your story, no matter how small the tchotchke is. Playing with height and depth and texture and repetition will help you utilize this valuable piece of real estate to your advantage. If this sounds like a great place for you to take a risk in your home decorating and you need a little bit more help, a little bit more hand-holding, in my online design school, I have a bookshelf style guide that teaches you the fundamentals of styling a bookshelf. But the neat thing about this is that all of these principles can be applied to any flat surface in your home. So if you think about large pieces of real estate within your home, like entryway tables or mantles or pianos, these same principles can be used to decorate those large pieces of real estate as well. So really bringing in lots of personality in these areas that in these areas of your home that is an opportunity for telling your story, giving your style and letting your personality really shine through. The third risk that you can take this weekend to bring in a little bit of personality into your home and to shake things up a bit while still not costing you a dime is to think about your art. Artwork alone in its very nature tells a story. Think about the ones that you have on your walls compared to maybe the ones that you've seen in staged homes. I used to stage homes quite often and a lot of times the ones that I would use would be very generic. They would be triptychs or they would be paintings on canvas that weren't necessarily oozing with whimsy or unique to one demographic. They were pretty generic and they were meant to be generic for staging homes because it could appeal to 
lots of different people, right? It could appeal to the younger generation as well as the older generation. It could appeal, appeal to different buyers, and that's the point of that. But bringing that kind of art into your home, unless you are completely gravitating towards it, is a missed opportunity. So what is your art saying? And is it reflecting you and your family's style, your personality, your story? And if it's not, now might be the time to start thinking about how you can replace it. One of our favorite things to do is to purchase art from places that we've visited or places that we've lived. And that is so unique to us. You know, it might not be something where people coming in understand the mountain lake picture that's sitting atop my piano. But I know, and Greg knows, that that is the location of our very first kiss. And that is remarkable. That is such a fun ode to our love story. And it's on display. It's up for interpretation for anyone who sees the mountain. They might think, oh, they just like going hiking, which we do. Oh, they like going swimming, which we do but it tells a deeper story. One of my very favorite places to look for artwork, well, two of my very favorite places, are thrift stores and Etsy. Thrift stores, you can find some really fun things. Of course, you're going to, it it is going to be a dime a dozen, but there are times when you come across these really unique pieces that speak to you in a way that sometimes those generic triptych staging pictures do not. So this weekend, I want you to take a look at your artwork. How does it represent you? How does it represent your story? And is it telling, is it saying what you want it to say? Is it representing you in a way that showcases your story and personality? Another way to take risks with art is by hanging them in places that might be a little unsuspecting. This again is one of my very favorite things to do where you might have a teeny tiny little wall that separates, in my, in my example, the kitchen from what would be the Eden kitchen. And there's just this teeny tiny little wall space. And on that little wall space, I have three hand-painted hands from my kiddos when they were four, two, and about six months old. It's an opportunity for displaying something in a way that might get lost otherwise. So where are some other places that might be a little bit unsuspecting? Here are some examples from my own home. The backs of bookcases. Of course, we know that we can put photographs on top of um, each shelf on the bookcase. But what about hanging art on the very back, elevated just a little bit? What about hanging art on the front of the bookcase where the molding hits? If you have a bigger piece of molding, that comes down and separates different shelves, that can be a really fun place to hang art. Inside of doorways, not necessarily the door jam, but that teeny tiny little section of wall that might be about 10 inches, can you have art there? On the wall behind or beside a computer station? What about above the toilet? What about below a bathroom window? Now this is not to say that art should be covering every single surface, but if you think about some of these places between edges of walls and the where the curtains hold, or right inside of doorways, or underneath, underneath windows, or maybe even above doors, all of these places are opportunities for maybe p- placing a piece of art that tells your family's story that is a little bit more whimsical and brings attention to a room in a way that, that might get unnoticed and feel a little untouched 
other ways. Now, every home is different and unique, and not all places will lend opportunities for holding art or displaying art. But look around. This weekend, as you're walking through your home and trying to decide if your artwork is really representing your style and your story, take a look to see if there are places within your home that are opportunities or missed opportunities for displaying your artwork. And then I want, I want to encourage you to go through some of your kiddo art. Do you have any artwork from your kiddos that have been made over the years that might be hiding in Rubbermaid containers in the garage? underneath your bed, in closets. Are there any that could be display worthy? Not only is that a fun way to have really personalized art, but imagine the joy on your kiddo's face when you pull it out and you display something that they created. The fourth thing that you can do to take a teeny tiny little risk, but with a big reward in your home, that doesn't involve tearing down a wall or painting anything. That if you don't like it, you can just put it back the way that you had it. And that is to think about your textiles. And what I mean here are your pillows for your couches and your chairs, your throw blankets, and your curtains. Imagine what would happen if you took down the pair of curtains that you have and you replaced it with something that was a little bit more punchy, something that had a little bit more pattern, something that might be a little bit more Playful, if playful is your vibe, or traditional, if traditional is your vibe. Imagine what might happen and how that could transform the space that it's in. In other episodes of the podcast, we talk about how important anchor pieces are. You know, the pieces that are either too big to replace, um, too big or too costly to replace every couple years, or that are built into your home. And we talk about peripheral pieces. Peripheral pieces are the ones that are small and mighty. They pack the mightier punch and they provide the nuance to your home's design. And this is a great example of that. The textiles are the nuance. They are the peripheral pieces that if you change those, you are going to see a difference. Even if you have the same anchor piece, the same couch, the same chair, and you change the pillow sitting on it, you change the color of throw blanket laying on it, that's going to make a difference. And... What's the worst that can happen? You try it out, you keep the tags on it while you're trying them out, and you don't like it. You just have to repackage it, take it back to the store. You wasted a little bit of time, you did a little experiment, but you don't have to repaint a single thing. (laughs) And the last thing, the number five thing that you can do to take a minimal risk in your home, it is a little bit more work and it is a little bit more costly, but it doesn't have to be if you know where to try it out. And that is to try peel and stick wallpaper. Now you have heard me talk about it in other times using wallpaper and you might hear and you might remember that I actually choose to do the traditional one. I think it looks best and it's easiest to work with. However, I have used peel and stick and if you choose the right pattern, I think it will be great. So can you try out peel and stick wallpaper? Could you put it on the back of a small area? Could you put it on the back of a bookshelf in a little nook? Could you try it behind your computer desk? Could you try it in the little alcove in in your living room? Let me answer that for you. Yes, yes, you can try it. (laughs) Okay, now here is my caveat for that. I think make sure that when you're choosing to purchase your peel and stick wallpaper, you read the reviews for the brand that you're purchasing. Make sure you follow the manufacturer directions and try not to stretch it so much. 
Imagine this, it is like a big sticker. And if you stretched a big sticker to try to keep it adhered to the wall, that stick might lose its stickiness a little bit. And that is my frustration with the one that I put in my boys' bedroom. But my one bad experience doesn't negate all peel and stick wallpapers, and I definitely have had success with others. And thankfully, they were in my client's home. (laughs) So that's a wonderful thing and wonderful news for you. All right. So to recap, the five things that you could try to take a small risk on in your home that won't require a whole lot of rework if you don't like it. What are the things that you could try? You could try moving your furniture, decorating your bookshelf and adding personality that way, being more intentional with your artwork and the placement of your artwork, bringing in some textiles that really match your personality, and trying peel and stick wallpaper. And ultimately, with any of these things, if you give it a try and you don't like it, what really is the worst that can happen? You gave it a try, you tried an experiment, you tried something brand new, and you don't like it. But chances are, the moment you start taking risks, one is going to lead to another, to another, to another, and you're going to grow in confidence in your home decorating. And I can't wait to see what you come up with. So make sure you pop into the Facebook group and share your pictures. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go. If you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.